I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise, because if you listen to the previous episode, I mean, <laughs> you would know. you know the cat's going to be here. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, fanfare anyway. Yay, it's cat. Yay. 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 Oh, my God. I almost threw my <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Well, now I know how you feel. We're off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is part two of the Fay Fiction episode. Now, this episode is going to be a little different, Ooh. a little fun, Ooh. a little funky, a little loose, <sighs> because this episode is not going to be driven solely by me. I am bequeathing the wheel partially. <laughs> I'm giving, I'm giving, well, okay. So not partially. We're, we're going to driving instructor this. You are going to be in the front seat. You are going to be driving, but I have a little wheel and a little pedal <laughs> on my side as well. So Safer uh, that way. Because, Yeah. I asked you to compile a list of all the fey fiction that you've read, that you love, that you've sold a lot of, you know, whatever, whatever struck your fancy. Um, I compiled pro- almost certainly a much, much smaller list, but I think we're going to have some some crossover, oh, yeah. almost certainly. Um, and we're just going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about the industry. We're going to talk about, you know, why people buy the things they do, why, like, what what the commonalities of like what we've sold as booksellers and you know how how those trends have kind of been over the years you've been a bookseller for a long time you've been a bookseller probably from like probably like the real crest of the wave of of fey ya popularity to now right like you've kind of seen it all i imagine yeah um i started and you sold a lot of ya yeah i i started off as a children's bookseller but I, mm-hmm. I became a bookseller, like, right after – wait, when was Twilight published? Twilight was published, I think, in, like, 2004. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Really? Huh. Yeah. Because here I am drawing comparisons to, like, the craze of YA vampire fiction to, like, the craze of, of fae YA fiction. But it was actually a couple of years later. It was, like, 2008, 2009 are most of the pub dates for all of the YA I remember reading – 2005 don't at me um i i i you know but that's the thing with publishing though right is that it takes years it does it takes years and and twilight wasn't an instant hit no no it built up over a long period of time i actually i swear to you i was given twilight when i was in i think seventh grade by my middle school Mm -hmm. librarian because I was the lonely sort and I used to come into the library like I would no one would let you in the library until you know the, the first bell rang and then you can go do whatever mm-hmm. you want at lunch um and I came and I was just bored looking around she's like does your mom care what you read it's like no uh, <laughs> very good yeah, yeah. Like, I also was the lonely kid I used to so I went to like I went to eight different schools yeah. And uh, one of those middle schools that I went to, I didn't fit in at all. <laughs> Ab- we Abigail, seventh grade Abigail, had no friends for a long time. <laughs> and what I used to do was I was that kid who would, like, go into the library and I would really, like, like secretly eat my food <laughs> as I would read books. And I, they must have known what I was doing, but I was so clearly just, like, 
this little like gremlin yeah. friendless child that they were like ah she's fine, yeah, she's, fine. she's not getting too we much do. peanut butter on the books yeah <laughs> yeah my school did not let us do that so i shit you not i ate in the bathroom Oh, I did that too. Yeah. yeah. I definitely ate in the bathroom stall a couple of times. Um, not to make this the sad cast, <laughs> no, but, but, but I, I did. I ate in the bathroom a lot, actually, before I realized that I could go to the, the library. Um, <laughs> middle school is rough. Rough, man. Uh, which is interesting, you know, as far as like so much of my formative years right were shaped by fiction particularly fey fiction um you know which is kind of why i decided to do this these this two-parter because i had so much i wanted to talk about in terms of books that i've read but so many of those books were from like circa 2007 to 2009 yeah. <laughs> um because that when i was at peak lonely <laughs> and also like that was when I realized that reading could be an escape. And also when I found my genre, it, it took me until then, until I was about 12, 13 almost to find my genre, because I, I've said this on the podcast before, I was an extremely late bloomer when it came to reading. I was way, way behind my peers for a long time. Um, my brother was an extremely avid reader. And I remember being like, oh, my brother's good at that. That means I'll never be that good at it because my brother's better at everything than me. So I shouldn't try. And so I, 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 I just didn't try. And then it became a sore spot for me later when I would have teachers. Like I remember very specifically, again, not to make this a sad cast, but when I was <laughs> nine, you know, I was in fourth grade, my teacher, Miss Nancy, who was probably, I don't know, dead now. Uh, but she, she would, do like popcorn reading, which is to say that like you just bounce around the room randomly and she'd be like, okay, now you read the next paragraph or you read the next paragraph or whatever. And I noticed that every time we did popcorn reading, Miss Nancy would give me the shortest possible paragraphs. And I realize now that like she was probably trying to save me some embarrassment. But what I took it as then was that like I was so painfully bad at reading aloud and just reading in general that when we were like reading the hatchet or whatever the hell it was, right? Um, yeah. She would give me like the two sentence, three the three sentence maybe paragraph, and I would just kind of like shrink down in my seat afterwards, like because thinking that everyone else knew that she was giving me the short ones, or worse, that everyone was waiting for me to be finished because I was so bad at it. Oh, um, oh, so no. it destroyed my confidence yeah. and it's like it's one of those things it's like that was a gamble that she took and it played out wrong teachers do that all the time and a lot of times it works out that time it didn't but uh flash forward to <laughs> parents get a divorce i'm nine all of a sudden i have a lot of alone time <laughs> i'm alone all the time Again, it's not the sad cast but this just happens to play into this topic and and i was alone all the time so i i didn't have things to do. I was not good at sport, was not good at social, was not good at art or anything. I I didn't even, wasn't even really that good at making friends. I had, I had nothing. And I remember very distinctly, my dad took me to, um, there was a Barnes and Noble in Los Gatos, California that is no longer there. It's now a giant old Navy, which is incomprehensible to me. But uh, he took me there and he was like, hey, well, there are books. That's your section over there. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, yeah, well, they're, you know, you're like you're like 12 now. You're you can go to the young adult section. Right. Like that's where all the, you know, I don't know, girl 
books are. I'm making a lot of hand flappies. You can't see them, but in, in my tone, I hope you can feel I'm, my I'm father's ambivalence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, there's, you know, uh, teen girl period stuff over there. I don't know. Uh, so... <laughs> So I went over there and the very first book that I, that I picked up was Allie Carter's I Tell You I Love You Then I Have to Kill kill You. you. I fucking love that book. Such a good series. And I have added Allie Carter on Twitter and told her this story. I don't know if she paid attention, but I, she liked the tweet. So hopefully she read it. Um, But I, I, cause I, this is the age we live in that I can be like, Hey, you've really changed my life. Uh, (laughs) You don't know me. Um, But, (laughs) but I, and all of a sudden this world cracked open where it didn't matter that I wasn't good at reading. It didn't matter that I wasn't fast at reading. All of a sudden I, there were books that had girls my age were doing things that were so, so, so super cool. And they were falling in love. They were kissing boys and they were being spies and doing magic and killing people. And I was like, I want to do all that. Uh, all of it. All of it. All of it. Um, and and so we we get to this point where after I realized that this is a thing and I've read Allie Carter's books and I've I've devoured them. In fact, I slept with that book underneath my pillow for like two years. Oh my God, that makes um, me so happy. And I used to go to the CIA website all the time to like do their kids' puzzles. Anyway, they definitely were like, who's this? this, is this? <laughs> um, she's not very good at these puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, I then very quickly discovered the slightly darker corner of the paranormal romance fiction section of the YA section, which was at that time full of Faye. Yes. And the fun thing, just for anyone who is young or does not remember, is that Barnes and Noble and Borders did not separate YA paranormal romance fiction until Twilight. So like this was like an actual like spot on the shelf where you can go to and find all the books that you want and I don't think you understand like one how much that's a game changer is for the publishing industry and two for readers who are like uh yes please I'd like a million of these Mm -hmm. awesome and do you know your first choice my first choice in that in that section like what was the first oh yeah yeah so I believe my very first like as far as I can recall is going to be. <laughs> I'm so excited. God, it's it's good. We've talked about this before because I brought most of these books into the store yes. uh, to sell to to unsuspecting children. <laughs> um, so my very first like dip into this pool was Wicked Lovely by Melissa. Yes, Mar. yes. I honestly and then would say I'm the same. I think it was the same for me too. It was, I mean, because it had that dope cover, right? Gorgeous. Like the the like the the butterfly encrusted mm-hmm. with like ice in the in the the girl's hands, and like yes. the spine was all like matte black, yes. and it was just like purple and blue, and you were like, oh, oh, that looks intense. <laughs> had a lot more sex in it than I than I, and most things at the time. I tell you what, I don't remember. I don't remember like the love scenes very well. Really yeah, risque. so there's 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 really only one, and it's not like on the page, right? right? But like, um, the so the plot of this book is that this young woman, her name is like Aisling or Ashley or some bullshit like <laughs> way to say that. I don't know. There's a lot of eyes. Um, 
But she uh, she has seen Faye all of her life, but she's told by her grandmother, who could also see Faye, that she is never, ever, ever, ever to let them know that she can see yeah. her. Because then they will pluck out her eyes or they'll kill her or they'll whisk her away to, to Summerland or whatever. Um, so she spends most of her life just kind of doing her best to pretend that all these beings that she sees literally everywhere all the time doing crazy shit, she just doesn't see them. Um, and, uh, of course she, she is not successful in this. She does end up being seen. And there's a, there, the overarching plot is that the summer king, the, the king of the summer court, or you can call them Seely or light Fay or whatever the hell you want to call them. Uh, he has been searching all of this time to find his queen so he can rightfully take the throne. But each woman that he attempts thinking that she is his queen they have to grab this like scepter basically this like wand walking stick thing and if they are not fate's choice they're not the right woman they're turned into like the ice queen and they live in agony of constant pain being so cold uh until the next girl is chosen um and and she attempts it and then she becomes the either the, the like winter girl or whatever the hell she's called or the queen um and it's like it's very cool it's very brutal but the the actual sex comes in where like um aisling she she has like a boyfriend like her friend seth is like this artist yeah. who lives in like a train in a, like yeah. a train yard and he, the fairies can't go there because there's iron everywhere, which is a cool touch. It is. And he has all these piercings. And I'll never forget this because when they do it, she talks about all the barbells on his tongue and how creatively he used them. And I was like 12 years old and be like, what? Oh, my God. What? Yes. Yeah. I totally remember yeah. that now. That is mm-hmm. amazing. Wow. There's mm-hmm. so many. Like the fact that she also had to grab a magical staff that symbolizes his power is mm-hmm. phenomenal uh-huh. <laughs> i need to reread this book immediately yeah 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 i think we all yeah. do uh and it's there it's so the the there are like several sequels to it where you know it has an interesting ending that's kind of atypical in that um the main like the summer king who you find out aisling is in fact his queen and she grabs the thing and she doesn't turn into the like winter girl or whatever and releases the current winter girl from her curse um like she doesn't get together with the king she stays with her like human boyfriend and he gets together with with the woman he's loved all along which has been the young woman who was the witcher girl and could don't like hated him right yeah (laughs) because of the curse and all this and knew that they weren't soulmates or whatever because it wasn't right and then over the progressive sequels aisling and the king fall in love (sighs) yeah it's a little disappointing for me it's wild. It's a, it's an interesting choice because usually these plots are much more cut and dry, right? Uh, so to have the nuance of like yeah, them being definitely. with different people and like making you care about those relationships and then ending those relationships over time, like is is such a choice because like that is risky, um, as far as readers' opinion goes. But but yes, so yeah, Wicked Lovely was was my jam. Wicked Lovely is phenomenal. I remember like looking back, I. I probably was really upset she didn't end up with the king. <laughs> Cause like that's that's all I read. I read those those romances where you end up with the something that is unlike anyone else. Cause all I wanted is to be unlike anyone else, and that's all I wanted to like fall in love with. 
Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, go for Seth. He's just such a wholesome choice. <laughs> go for what you know. Go for the good boy. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the like the the fancy lad who like sweeps you off your feet and has all the magical powers and stuff. He's gonna break your heart, yeah. girl. He's not gonna be a good husband or a good father to your children that you were inevitably gonna have because this is a romance yeah. novel. Like, go go with the go with the good boy. Yeah. Um, go with the Mike Newtons. Also, side note, one of the most brutal fucking burns I have ever encountered to this day, and that says a lot because I burn people all the time. I know some brutal burns. <laughs> Was so I used to around this time read Stephanie Meyer's blog religiously. Yes, I know I was very cool, <laughs> uh, but she had this like uh, frequently asked questions page on her blog, and one of them was uh, people asking her like, did she have? You know, she she's married. You know, she's Mormon. She's got like a bunch of kids and all this stuff. And then people would ask her, is your love story a little bit like Edward and, and Bella's? Did you have this like great love story with your husband? Um, and she answered in the most brutal fucking way. Oh my god, this, I've never heard this before. She was like, no, my love story is more like if Bella had fallen in love with Mike Newton. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like this throwaway, like, just dry, oh my like, god. young man, like, from, from Twilight. Just the, he's the foil to Edward in that, like, he's just nothing. He's just a regular teenager who's, like, super boring and Bella's like, ew, don't, don't ask me out. I don't want to go with you. Um, like, how fucking brutal is it's that? It's so upsetting. Poor it's Mike. very good. Oh, yeah. man. Poor her husband. Damn, dog. I wonder if they, like, you know, cosplay in the bedroom. They get one of those, uh, one of those Edward dildos that you put in the fridge. Yeah, he puts he and he puts some like glitter, like that glitter we used to put on our cheeks and like chests when we were in middle school. I um, you know, you would put glitter like not only like on your eyelid but on your eyebrow, and then you'd put it mm-hmm. like on your cheeks. And um, I put it all over my forehead, on my chest, on my neck. Like I probably ingested the shit. I never, like, I did not have the self-confidence to ever wear glitter. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I wear glitter like a maniac now. Like, I'm, yeah. you know me. You, you know, I wear glitter all the time. <laughs> Why not? 25, I can do whatever the hell I want. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, in middle school, I was so deeply, deeply insecure. Uh, and also, again, I had no friends and I was moving all the time. So I was always the new kid. So like glitter out of my wheelhouse. Um, I could not risk the public scrutiny of glitter. Thank you very much. Uh, I was already bullied enough. Thank you. And you also um, only have an older brother. That's not going to help. I got two older sisters. Yeah, nah, nah. If I were, if I'm like trying to imagine, like if I had walked out of my room wearing glitter the look on my brother's face would have been enough for me to turn my ass around and just like (laughs) crawl under my bed i remember my sister so my oldest sister and i we had kind of a contentious relationship when i was younger but my middle sister i did this thing in high school i can't believe i'm saying it out loud right now but i (laughs) would um take like dark like eyeshadow and put it under my eyes So I would feel, I would look as tired as I felt. I swear to you, that's what I thought in my head. And one day my sister, uh, she's just freshly 16, driving me to school, trying to be like, hey, like you excited for school? Um, 
And I'm like, mm. she's like, just so you know, you know, you have like something under your eye. And I'm like, yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be there. She started laughing. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> I know. I, I, not to get off on a makeup tangent, but since we're talking about middle school cringe, uh, what I would do, I got it into my head that, like, I think I read in a magazine that if you use white eyeliner in, like, the corners of your eyes, it opens up your eyes. But I took that to the extreme, and then I would do white eyeliner all the way, like, thick to the middle of my eyelid, and then I would do black eyeliner and a hard stop black eyeliner. Don't know... Why I thought that was a good oh, look. I love it. It's now sounds very avant-garde and very Instagram. I know. I'm like, you should do that. <laughs> At the time, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I didn't, like, use any creams or anything. I never went through, thank God, the, like, orange mask phase that some girls oh, go through or, like, gosh. the mousse phase. Yes. Um, I didn't start using concealer until college. So, But I, I like... You know, I, I had, like, one little makeup palette, and I had, like, silver glitter that I got when I was, like, 10, and I used that. For, I, I just threw that away, like, a year ago. Like, it was this little pot of silver glitter that I just kept with me everywhere. Because how can you throw away glitter? Also, you never use enough of it to empty it. Um, anyway, that being said, <laughs> I never wore glitter to school because my, like, my interest had to remain internal due to all the fear of scrutiny I yes. had. To the point where... I'll never forget seventh grade. I'm in that school where I ate in the bathroom all the time. And then later in the library and I had one friend, her name was Ping and Ping was a Chinese exchange student who spoke no English. (laughs) So how do you know you were friends? We sat together at lunch and didn't talk. (laughs) I like Ping. She sounds awesome. Yeah. Ping was cool. She desperately needed to lotion her legs. Her legs were the crustiest things I'd ever seen in my life in gym class. Anyway, it was my eternal curse, my Sisyphean torture that every time I went to a new middle school, they were just starting their dance unit in PE. So I had to learn how to fucking square dance like 12 times. Oh, that's the worst. Egregious. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. But one time I was in that school and I was in my English class and I had just done the greatest and most terrifying thing of my life which was at the time to dye my hair bright red um and that itself was an accident i didn't i meant to get highlights and the lady misheard me and and anyway i ended up with a head of fire truck engine hair. the scrutiny was already on but i remember sitting at my desk and i was all the way in the back of the room because of course i was and i uh was I was I had my book underneath my desk because I'd finished reading already what we were supposed to read for class and I was sitting there and I was frantically reading under my desk and I'll never forget this girl leans over and I barely knew her I'm pretty sure she like bullied me a bit looking back like anyway but she like leaned over and she's like hey what are you doing and I was just like mm, in your business and she goes hey you texting and I had this moment where I was like, A, who the fuck would I be texting? B, <laughs> you think I'm that cool? <laughs> and But my, my response was not to be like, oh, yeah, or anything like that. My response was to look her dead ass in the eye, pull my book out, and show it to her. <laughs> and I will never forget her face. And she looked at the book, looked at me, and just went, oh. 
You know, looking back on that though, she, she pro- you probably got your hair dyed, and all the other girls were like, "Oh, who's she? Who's this girl who can get her hair dyed that our parents let her?" And you just destroy her <laughs> dreams of like this cool like exchange. Oh, no one thought I was cool, man. No one ever thought I was cool. That never happened. That did. That still doesn't happen. No one thinks I'm cool. Honey, I think you're cool. Oh, you got bad taste. Anyway. Fuck you. Why why do I bother <laughs> being nice to you? This is this yeah, is my constant question. question. <laughs> Very good question. Um, so ooh, speaking of like bad high school takes though, yeah. I want to move on to my next book, which is Wings. Oh my god. Okay, funny. Did you also have wings on yours? <laughs> I did. And I that was one of the one where I was trying to find a name of another book and I stumbled across mm-hmm. Wings and I was like, shut the fuck up. I totally read this. But I don't. Do you remember how bad that book was? No, I don't. I want, like, please tell me because there's so many books I don't remember. Oh my God, I'm making like the squee face. Okay, 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 okay. I went down a rabbit hole trying to find this book a few years ago because, again, I was trying to bring books into the store that, like, were my favorites. Oh, you were talking about this at the store. Almost certainly. You can't get me to yeah, shut that's up. That's true. Um, so, I. <laughs> this book is called Wings. I'm sorry, I'm going to pull it out my phone. Wings by April Lynn Pike. Um, and I only have one note on all these lists of books. I don't have any notes or anything written on any of them, except for this one. And that is simply in parentheses, wild. Um, because this book, it has got to be the fucking buck wildest, absolute, just insane, Looney Tunes, bonkers, bananas, nonsense I've ever read in my life. In that, it is simultaneously such a take on the Faye myth, but also just, like, has the worst morals <laughs> and the strangest coding I've ever seen in my life. So this girl is a changeling. She is a normal high school student, but her parents, like, found her on their porch and were like, this is our kid now, I guess. Um, and she was adopted. But she's a little strange in that she's, like, Almost albino is, I guess, how they describe it. Like, she is, like, colorless hair. Like, her eyes are almost colorless. Her skin is almost colorless. Like, she's she's just, she's just, and she's wayfish. She's incredibly thin. But she's been getting checkups all, all her life because people always think something's wrong with her, but nothing's wrong with her. But she eats almost nothing except for, like, fruit, a little bit of fruit and, like, vegetables and stuff. But she doesn't eat anything else, and she doesn't eat almost anything at all. Which is, like, a core part of this story, which has got some really weird anorexia coding, like, mm-hmm. in it. And is a lot of the, when I went and found this book again, many, many years later, as a bookseller, a lot of the reviews were like, hey, this is really fucked up. Um, that she was, like, idolized for, like, eating almost nothing and, like, all the, being so thin and all huh. this. Is, really is it weird. still in print? Oh, probably not. But you can find it, though. Yeah. Um, but... She is this way because she's a fairy, obviously. But she's not just a fairy. The fairies are plant people. She's a plant person. She's a person. Oh my god. Yes. So the And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So yep. the thing with the food is that if she eats a certain kind of food enough, a certain type of plant enough, she takes on the color of the thing. Yep, yep. So she starts eating like a bunch of strawberries and like she turns kind of pink 
I I did love that. I did love that so much. That idea made me very happy. Just absolutely bananas, right? Literally bananas. <laughs> uh, and and so like, there's like this whole like love story where like this she's like finally found by the other fairies, and they're like, oh, it's our long lost whatever the hell. Uh, and and oh no, but people are out together. But I will never forget. There's um this point at the where they're like her and her love interest this utterly forgettable young man um are tossed into into the water of some sort some sort of body of water and like way down and they're in gonna they're trying to drown okay whatever but they do the like water world thing where like they kiss to share oxygen or something but i don't for the life she's a plant she she doesn't breathe she doesn't she exhales oxygen. So I think she was trying to keep him alive. And she doesn't need to... I don't know. I just remember that scene so distinctly that because she's a person, she is able to share her breath, which is oxygen, with her love interest. But I also thought that he was a person. So I don't I don't actually know. I'd have to reread it, which is something I'm not going to do. Let's be real. I feel I'm like that's what... She had that idea in her head of that scene. And that's what became... Of the rest of the book, like that was the scene yeah. started. Yeah. What yeah. if she was a plant and she was drowning? She wouldn't need oxygen. Hey, but Bud, she still like breathes though. Like whether she breathes oxygen or something else, she still can't breathe water. Fascinating. I'm. We, I. Yeah. I think we need to reread all of these. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I need to do that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, but no thanks. I'll reread freaking Melissa Meyer and Holly Black, but you cannot get me to reread that one. Yeah. No. Oh, God. I want to read... Yeah. I want to read all of Melissa Meyer again now that we've talked about it. And Holly Black. Holly Black is still publishing. Melissa Meyer has not as much. No. She's been doing other stuff. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Holly Black, did you want to talk about... Oh, my God. Always. Some of your lists? Oh, some of my lists? Go ahead. I, be- I bequeath I bequeathed the microphone to you. Oh of. man, where do we start? Is the question. Should I do my? Start- uh, you can start with tithe. Did you read tithe? I did read tithe, but I haven't read Holly Black in so long that I don't really remember. Because Holly Black was one of my first, you know, mm, and Melissa mm-hmm. Mar. The one that I I the the two that I well, there's a couple that I wrote down, but one that I wrote down that I remember and I still love is Sarah J. Mass. Cause, yeah, I knew you were gonna yeah. go there. I, I I even wrote it down in my thing. I was like, well, "This is cats." <laughs> mine. Listen, it's so much fun. It's epic fantasy. I kind of debated whether or not to write it down because for the first book, you like Faye is not really what it's about. And actually, spoilers. That's what it kind of becomes about later, and it's like a huge part of the character's backstory. But you don't mm-hmm. find out about that until the second book, I think, or like the very end mm. of the first. Um, but she does this really fun thing where Sarah Mass, you can tell she loves romance and loves romance books. Like her characters, her books are written for her characters in order to develop them and make them fall in love. Um, and the main protagonist has things with, I swear to you, three different guys. <laughs> that's awesome impeccable it's awesome but the one she well i haven't finished the series i'm sorry i know i'm horrible but um the one she ends up with is like the the fae and oh boy you would love him he is 
tall and pretty. He's maybe a little too smart for you. You like him a little dumber. I do like him. Yeah, dumb. but he's hot. He's hot. Well, it's funny because I, all right, to break in here a little bit with, with to make it the Abigail show again. Thank you very You're much. You're welcome. Um, I, so I wrote <laughs> my interpretation of, of a fae young adult epic fantasy, uh, which I didn't really intend to do. It just sort of happened. I didn't have like grand designs to write this like broad YA thing, but I, I wrote um, a novel called Knitbone. It was one of the very first books that I wrote as, you know, when I started taking writing as like a serious career path. And that's a whole saga. It could be its own mini cast. My, my relationship with Knitbone and all the things I've done. I've rewritten it, I think six or seven times at this point. I will, don't, don't at me, cat. Uh-huh. I'm probably going to rewrite it again. <laughs> Seriously? At some point, at some point, I got other things right now, but listen, I was like, but what if they, but what if it was the romance novel that was like for adults though? Oh, you want to rewrite it that way? Oh, interesting. Listen, my friends, I'm going to tell you something right now. Listeners of this podcast, Abigail will be published one day. It's not a matter of if, but when, because this girl has, she just, she's so fucking determined and she has incredible talent, but really it's the church termination that gets it. But this book is going to be that book where you will get published for a whole nother series. But then like you get this series published and no one understands how like this really was the monumental series of your life. It's going to follow yeah. you around for years. I, I'm, I, it, there's a term for it in, uh, in, in publishing. It's called your heart's book. It's the book that like you need to publish so kind of like no matter what. It's very cute. It also means that, like, you get hurt the most because yes. of it. Because a lot of times yeah. it has to sit in a drawer for, like, a decade. Yeah. And I I will I will publish uh, Nippon, even if I have to goddamn self-publish it. God, by gum and by gosh, that book will... That book will meet your eyeballs at some point. Um, but I, I even I wrote the the sequel to it uh, at the start of quarantine in like 30 days of frantic writing. Um, we were worried about her in case you were wondering. <laughs> and it's very fun and extremely dark at the end. Um, but I, I, I it was funny because I had already obviously I'd been writing this for a long time and I was very disconnected from the wider genre. I hadn't read YA or YA fantasy in uh, f- like six or seven years at that point. Um, and so I had no idea who Sarah J. Mass even was, like what any of these books. And then one day I'm like, you know, obsessing about my book and about the main character, Teddy, who uh, impeccable, love him. Um, and, and I see this like f- art for this, this like Faye dude from, from her book. And I was like, that looks a lot tall dark hair with the big ear and uh, the huh 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 it does huh looks an awful lot like teddy don't it That's and i was so like oh funny. god did i unintentionally plagiarize someone i've never read in my life <laughs> answer is no but <laughs> i had a mild panic attack and then i was like listen teddy is also just kind of a generic dude he's tall black hair and an elf what are you gonna do <laughs> that is very true that is so. phenomenal yeah. That was my journey with Sarah J. Mass. Sarah J. Mass is solid, but there's one that I remember more. Like Holly Black, Sarah J. Mass, Melissa Marr, and I have I mm-hmm. literally have Melinda Lowe, 
Oh God, the Falconer series. That was really cool. Like all of these, these YA books are great and I love them and I love them because they had, they had really great romance. That was sort of part of it. Yeah. But as an adult now, when I'm looking back, because I tried to like put these, all of the books that I wrote down into what my favorites were. I wouldn't say this book is my favorite, but I think it's way cooler. It's called The Call. Um, I don't. Okay. It was first recommended to me by another bookseller who I worked with. And it's very, very dark. And basically, the premise is, is that you are, at any point in time, can be taken, dropped basically into a forest, you hear the call, and then you are hunted. And it is... Say horror, basically. Cool. It's super cool. It is awesome. That's cool. Yeah, it's like it's so much more focused on on the cost. Yeah. Of, of that, like, there's another adult book called Rot and Ruin by Cat Howard, who's awesome. You guys should absolutely pick up this book. And it's about two sisters. It's an adult book, and they are both. One's a dancer, one's a writer, and they both get invited to an artist retreat. And everyone who's been at this artist retreat has come out being famous. It's like a huge, huge part of it. Um, and they're so excited and, and they get there and they find out that the cost of success, of fame, actually is the fae. And you have to make a deal with the Fae at the very end of the book in order to do it. And that's the whole premise mm. of the book is that the Fae are not like the heroes. They they are and they're not necessarily villainous. It's just they have power and, and you have to do something in order to get it. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And I don't really remember how that was in in the Holly Black series. The original one. Um, I mean, the one I'm thinking of, Tithe, is a very much, like... It's romance, right? Like, it's, it's, it's romance. Holly Black does really good, like, sort of dark, more mature, uh, YA. Um, Yes. It's, it's definitely much more like, a lot of these YA, uh, which, which, I'm gonna say that I realized I started a thought, and then I'm gonna break in here. I will say that. When we are talking about these things right now, what we are talking about specifically is trends in YA with Fae romance. Adult romance has a completely different set of rules with the with the Fae, which I find very interesting. But in Fae romance for YA readers, um, it, a lot of times it's very heavily based around the warring faction trope yes. that there is a war going on, and. A young woman typically steps in the middle of it. Yeah. Either she's just a random human who kind of just happens to be there and she gets into trouble and then through that her story develops and she becomes important or she is magical in her own right or she's a changeling or she's the long lost queen or she's going to be the queen or like something. She's going to bring peace or heal the land or whatever the hell. Um, And Holly Black's, at least with Tithe and, and the subsequent books, um... It's very much based on like it's much more a fantasy and less like there there's less esoteric of like the the cost of doing things yeah, yeah. and like the magical system, but it's much more just like 
and the and and there are two of these warring factions of people in this other world and this girl stumbles upon them and she's got like powers and stuff and you know that kind of stuff um i find it interesting i i love a good weird magical system i love a good like you know like funky like yeah like make it like every time um and there was this there was this story that i read once and i'm it was definitely fan fiction so i cannot cite it but <laughs> um this one of the the magical systems was that this girl was like a healer but she couldn't actually really heal anything but that was her secret her secret was that she if she stitched things together if she stitched a wound together it would heal back perfectly people like thought she was actually a healer like she could she could do all sorts of maladies but really all she could do was seal up wounds and how she would do that was she would take a strand of hair of her patient and she would intertwine it with the uh a thread of the same color so that no one would notice what she was doing and she'd use the thread to stitch up and and that was it that that was the entire magical system that's fun oh i like that it was like super cool. Like that's such a cool little touch that like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't have to be bigger than that. It doesn't have to be like on a cosmic scale. It can just be someone can do one cool thing. And that's it. Um, yeah. Which is kind of um, the, uh, we just released the episode of uh, episode 20, which was the We Stay in a Dragon Man, uh, which was all about dragon shifter romance. <laughs> and Love we talk it. about uh Dragonbound by Thea Harrison in it. Um, and uh, one thing I really, really liked about the main character, her name is Pia, um, the the opening <laughs> complication of the book, the, the thing that sets the whole plot in motion is that Pia has been blackmailed into stealing something, anything from the dragon's horde. And because Pia has this like special power that her ex her scumbag ex-boyfriend blabbed about to the wrong people that she can sneak in and out of anywhere undetected no locks can hold awesome um and she's so she's blackmailed she has to do it and she knows that if she does this it's a death sentence because the dragon is going to hunt her down his name is dragos oh Um, yes and and uh you would you would actually really like these books, Kat. You would really love. They're called the Elder Races books. They're very very good. But uh, she does it, but because she doesn't want to do it, and she knows that she's gonna be in deep, oh waist deep shit for doing this, um, she takes only a penny. <laughs> <laughs> she takes one penny from his dragon's hoard, and she leaves a note, and she's like, "I'm sorry," <laughs> and then she leaves, and her scumbag boyfriend is like. I can't believe you broke into this dragon's horde, a dragon that has been alive for literally billions of years and has amassed almost like all the wealth ever. Uh, And you took a fucking penny. And she's like, yeah, you blackmailed me. So I don't give a shit. (laughs) Uh, Goodbye. (laughs) It's fine. He ends up dead. Um, But uh, yeah, so I, I love a really good just like, kind of random power that has no consequence really that's not a wider thing it's not like you know they can shake the mountains and 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 you know they can stop the hearts of everyone in a room it's just like nah she she can get in and out of locked rooms i guess yeah i love i love when they they take you know fey and they don't turn them into like gods because they're not yeah yeah they're not they're not they're not. They're just. They're, they're, just, they're limited they're, and they're bound by rules a lot of times, too, which is equally yes. cool. And mostly they're little shits, to be honest. 
almost almost exclusively yeah bullshit. exclusively you can't confirm yeah and like, um so the whole plot of roses and rot is like this like really intense tension up until the very very end and that's when the fake come and then that's it there's like there's no that's it it's like at the very yeah. last 10 pages it's like yeah we're doing this because we want to give you fame you don't find walk away <laughs> okay cool it's yeah awesome all right uh so as far as like we, we've really we've really nailed down i think the the general trends in in ya yes oh got one more one more it's not ya though i know that we need to get to adult but all of the ya books that i have thought of and i have made a list of i realize are almost exactly the plot of lost girl kind of did you ever watch that that show sounds really familiar it's a sci-fi show it's i think originally canadian i don't know it's phenomenal it's like really good there is the protagonist is a succubus oh you've told me about yes. this so many times I yes 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 yes, yes. You, it is like all of the books that we used to read um because there is the the good fae and the dark fae and they play into stereotypes especially the dark fae play into these ridiculous stereotypes it makes me so happy of like mm-hmm. the queen of the the dark side right is like totally dominatrix like just cruel it's amazing very good and she is this girl who came out of nowhere doesn't know her origin is a succubus and once the the fae find her they're like that's fine we don't know who you are but join us pick a side and she's like nah i refuse and i'm like yep it's my childhood right there yep yeah that's it it's awesome that's it it's awesome um yeah god i the ones i read tended to be like these girls who ended up becoming like queens or whatever they were like secretly princesses or something as an adult that bores the hell out of me i don't care i don't care unless unless the 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 um flip side of that is um one of Cressley cole's books that i always forget the title of it's abyss something you know you know how to use google um this uh <laughs> the king of hell who is a demon has been waiting for 10,000 years for the reincarnation of his fated mate uh wow so that he can get revenge on her <laughs> um yes that's hilarious and so she she appears uh she, but she is in she is an elven princess um she, yeah she's an elven princess but she's working at disneyland because <laughs> Because she's been banished because her whole family was murdered in a coup and her cousin took over. And she's supposedly still, like, engaged to be married to this man. Um, but he has yet to come for her and he has just banished her to, the to like, the mortal realm, essentially. And she has no idea about any of the demon stuff. She's just been living her life and just trying to, like, not be murdered. Um, and she's working as Cinderella. In, 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 sorry, not Disneyland, Disney World. She's in Florida. And there's, okay, like, more sense. some... <laughs> yeah, she can hide out in Florida. It's not a big deal. Um, and, like, that's a plot point. <laughs> um, and she's, like, gotten her degree in, like, psychology or whatever the hell, like, online as she's been doing this. She's, like, educated herself. She's figured out how to survive in the in a world where she was not raised. Um, she was banished there when she was, like, 13 years old um, after her entire family was murdered. And then all of a sudden some asshole demon is, like... You were mean to me in a past life. Uh, and so I'm going to punish you. And and she's like, 
okay and and she's she's given a task by by her maybe fiance and the guy who murdered her whole family and he's like hey if you do this if you if you like kill this guy or whatever the hell i don't remember what the plot was exactly but um if you do this thing for me by by being taken by this guy um you will (laughs) I'll, i'll marry you and she's like hmm okay hmm yeah i don't i don't know about that uh you did kill my whole family but okay that's the thing you said to me and then and then she's taken does she doesn't get a choice there she's just informed that she's going to be taken and what's wild to me is is one of those times where like somebody makes a proposal to her and is like you're gonna do this thing and if you do this you'll get this she doesn't actually agree to it she's just taken at that point and then she's Put in a tower that's surrounded by, like, poison vines that burn her if she touches them. And she creates a series of, like, like Home Alone-style traps to, like, fuck with the, the Demon King who's put her there whenever he comes to visit her. Wow. <laughs> because she's really smart and she doesn't want to be there. And, like, he, he doesn't... She doesn't tell him that she's a princess because that'd piss him off because he's always looking for similarities between her and, like, her former self. Yeah. Um, but then he finds out, of course, that she is a princess and he gets super pissed and he's like, you betrayed me by making a deal with these people. And like the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, she didn't say yes. She hasn't been doing anything that was asked of her the whole time. She's just been kind of fighting with you, <laughs> uh, which is so fun. Um, but then on top of that, like, so he accuses her after they've like fallen in love and like gotten married and stuff. And he makes her the queen of hell because he's finally awesome that she's like a different person. Um but he then accuses her of, like, doing the whole thing to get back at him. And, like, she's really the same woman who's very du- duplicitous and is just going to hurt him again. And he freaks out. <laughs> and he puts her in a dungeon. And then he leaves hell <coughs> to, like, go to this super what? secret meeting of these bad people. Um, and she's like, yeah, no. <laughs> and she breaks out. And she steals his throne. And then she takes the, like, weapons and shit from hell. And she goes to the elf throne. To, to the guy who's supposed to be her fiance who murdered all of her family and she fucking kills him and she takes that throne too that is phenomenal is that how it ends <laughs> that's how it ends like her and the demon king get back together when he's like oh i fucked up but not before she sends a message to him in front of all of his super bad friends like his like super powerful like villainy friends <laughs> That she has taken his entire realm and made it so he can never return. She's, like, literally cut off the dimension so that he can never enter it again. And she's gone to take the other throne at the same time. And he's just like, oh, I think I fucked up. Wow. Yeah. And all of his friends are like, hey, you gotta quit the (laughs) Hey, they're like, that sounds hot. You should go back to that. You should go, you should figure that out. Anyway, it's one of my favorite books. It's utterly bananas. It is so different from all of Chrissy Cole's other books, too. Out of control. Very it's good. insane how much you, you want, like, I want to read Cressley Cole so bad because of how you describe her books. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not good at describing, for reference, when we were booksellers together, when I give a recommendation, I will give a recommendation based on how I felt. I'll be like, this mm-hmm. book made me feel this. This evoked this mm-hmm. emotion in me. You're going to like it because of this reason. Abigail's mm-hmm. like, let me take you on like like five to ten minute journey. <laughs> Let's go on a journey. Let's go on a journey together. Let's talk about this. Because I remember everything. Like, that's my problem yeah. is that I remember every beat for beat plot point. You too. I'm and so I, impressed. And I'm, 
I'm very visual in that, like, I, I watch it like a movie in my head. Um, so I remember, like, certain scenes exactly how I, like, pictured them in my brain. Um, and, and books usually get, like, crystallized by, like, one particular scene in my head. And for me, for that one, it's, like, her in this tower, this, like, half-falling-down tower that's, like, overgrown <laughs> with these red burning vines and her just being, like... I'm going to make some booby traps. <laughs> like, it's very good. It's very good. Love it. Love it. It's this, like, monstrous, like, giant red-skinned, like, Satan-looking fucker comes in and he's like, you were mean to me. I honestly... It's very good. If, if, if we had found out at the end of that book that it was actually... She did it on purpose all along just to get back at him, too. I would have just, like, stood up and applauded for Cressley Cole. Yeah, not quite. I mean, it's like the thing that like her past self did was extremely fucked up, but they do talk about how like her past self died at like 22. Like she made all these bad choices and she did all this bad stuff to him when she was like 22. And these are people who live for thousands of years. And she's like, so you're basing my whole life off of the decisions of a 22 year old from 10,000 years ago. Awesome. Great. Fair. Great critical thinking. Love it. Sounds like a man. Um, anyway, how did we end up talking about a book that's know. not about I'm the so Fae? I'm sorry. I, I also want to mention, though, um, there is the Bargainer series by Laura Thalassa. Uh, other guest, or not guest, other featured author on the show from the Halloween episode with the Four Horsemen. Um, she wrote a book that is very much about, like, the laws of the Fae and making deals. And it's about this... Um, this this uh, fey king who every time he makes a deal with someone he's you know he's the he is the bargainer um he he does like a favor for them but you can tell that someone owes them or owes him a favor by they get a single bead black bead on their wrist and every time they make a favor a new bead appears and every time that favor is then called in the bead disappears and the main character is this young woman who has a full arm full of beads like oh, hundreds of them oh fun it's just this and uh it's because she has known him since she was like 16 when she killed her stepfather <sighs> and she she didn't want to go to jail so she called the bargainer to take away the body <gasps> and it started this relationship with this man where they were always together. They they and and she got so afraid of him leaving her that she just started making deal after deal after deal after deal just to get him to stay a little bit longer. And then one day, he vanishes, huh. and she doesn't see him again. She abandons her, and she's devastated. And he never calls in his favors. And she's like, "Cool, I guess I'm just alone in the world now." And you fast forward, she's like in her twenties, and she is a um like PI for like the supernatural and uh all of a sudden he appears again and he's like hey we're going to have a relationship now i'm going to start calling him my favors and also we're going to have a relationship now and she's like um no <laughs> yeah big no and there's, like, this whole, like, subplot of, like, these women in the Fey world are, like, going missing and returning pregnant and with or with sleeping babies on their chests, but they are themselves in a coma. 
Um, and he wants her to solve the mystery as well as also, you know, he wants to bone down. Huh. And, and so you're kind of having to unravel the mystery of why he left her in the first place at the same time as what's happening to these women who are coming back pregnant or having given birth, but also like in glass coffins, uh, in a coma. Um, and all these mysterious babies are also just like really creepy because the babies aren't in a coma and they're like, they can talk in unison and they like bite people. It's the like, fuck? Yeah, it's really dark. It's really dark. It's, they're good, though. There's, like, three books, I think, huh. um, in the Bargainer series. You can read them on, on Kindle Unlimited. But I also, we already talked about uh, Thea Harrison. Brief mention, Sookie Stackhouse series. Spoilers. Yeah. I'll give you a second to pause. <laughs> Turns out she's, like, like a quarter fairy or some shit, and that's why she can read my <laughs> I had no, I literally had no idea. Yeah. Until Brendan just told me that. Um, like yeah. right before we started this, he was like, yeah, cause she's like a fairy or something. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Seriously? And that's why her blood tastes so good to, to, to the vampires. Oh too. my God. Yeah. Do they? And there's, there's some fucked up shit in that too. Uh, yeah. I mean, but like, talk to me. How, how is she a fae? Are there any other fays? Are like the fays? Oh, so well, I, I really liked the take actually on the fae because they are, like they're very very hidden they're a very small community of what we would call like they're kind of elvish you know they're just like grown people who are really beautiful but they they hide out because the um the modern world is really dangerous for them because they are deathly allergic to fucking iron and iron is everywhere in the modern world hmm. um and so their population is extremely low because like they struggle to have children and they a lot of them die very young and all this stuff. So they're just like a very small population. And so Sookie Stackhouse and her brother, Jason Stackhouse, uh, they are um, a quarter fae. No? Yes, a quarter fae because their grandfather was fae. Okay. Um, and Sookie is found in the later books by her cousins who are fae and her grandfather or not her grandfather her her great-grandfather because her grandfather died i don't remember um <laughs> and he's like oh you're our family and Suki like finally finds her place in the world um huh. by like them finding her and and like taking care of her and like loving her as her family it's really actually very touching in the middle of like she's also i think dating a were tiger at the time it's like a whole thing um <laughs> But, <laughs> yeah, the the those books go off the rails. So she doesn't stay with the vampire. No, she's only with Bill for the first two books. Really? Huh? Yeah, I hate Bill a lot. I mean, um, he's hateable. I I have read watched like three episodes and like not read the books. He's utterly unremarkable. <laughs> I, I don't know if we will ever do another True Blood uh, recap episode with my with V and Fred because I don't think I will ever be able to get them to watch another episode of True Blood. But in the uh, third book, um, I think Bill goes missing and it turns out that he was planning to leave Sookie for his, his uh, he was cheating on her with, with his creator, his who's a woman. Ugh. And, and he... Uh, it's bad. And and I will say, though, it kind of works in that, like, Sookie also wasn't, like, really super in love with Bill. Like, she kind of has that thought where she's just like, am I am just kind of with him because I can't read his mind? Kind of. A little bit. Um, <laughs> sex is good, but the rest of it, eh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's Faye. And, and I fair. think what, what I meant by saying that in, in 
YA, we have a certain set of tropes. And then in, in adult romance, yeah. we have a certain set of tropes with, with Faye. I think that Faye are just kind of like whatever, an excuse to do whatever you want <laughs> in adult romance. Whereas like, I'll drop my phone again. <laughs> Whereas like in, in YA, the Faye are very much more prescriptive. It's like, okay, the Faye are people who like make deals right. and there's usually a war going on and there's the light court and the dark court, unseelie versus seelie, whatever. Uh, and, and like, that's, that those those are the things but in adult romance it's very much just like you can do whatever i like that <laughs> you can just have Faye who are just there like they're not even really the plot it's just that oh yeah he happens to be Faye, which is um thea harrison's sequel uh there were the next installment to dragon pound dragon Pound, which is like storm's heart which is about uh one of the characters you meet in that in dragon bound um, she, she has been working for Dragos uh, the whole time as his like media consultant, but he kind of raised her because she's the rightful queen of the dark court, the dark fae, Fun. but, um, her whole family was murdered. Yeah, to, you know, as, as we can probably guess. Um, and she ran away. She managed to survive and Dragos kind of took her in. Um, and she's an adult now, but, uh, in the in Dragonbound, Dragos actually kills her uncle, who was the king and who who killed her whole family. And so, hey, they want her back. She's gonna go be queen now. And she's like, I'm so fucked. I'm so fucked because they're gonna kill me immediately. Like it's like a ruthless court. She wasn't raised there really, and she's like, I'm going in with no allies. I'm going with no protection. I have no idea who's gonna want to kill me. Who's gonna be plotting? Like I don't know like who's who. I don't know where the power is. I'm I'm dead. I'm dead. And so uh dragos is one of his like main crew his like bodyguards or whatever is is actually he's a thunderbird and he's a he's a thunderbird shifter and he's like the only one and he's this like extreme he's he's his like he's dragos is like head of warfare and he is this extremely brutal just like he has lived for war for thousands of years it's all he's done and he's been worshipped as a god he's just he just he he just it he just is he's a force of nature literally and uh he he decides that he's going to be this little this little fey princess's protector despite the fact it. that she's like can you just let me go and die because like i'm tired of this and he's just like <laughs> no anymore <laughs> uh and it's very good it's very very good and despite the fact that like n- no one will accept him because he's not Faye, like she's he's gonna follow her to, to, to her court, but like And then they fall. He's up. never gonna Oh Oh yeah 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 <laughs> And they do bang. <laughs> what? They do that? Yeah. They do bang. In these books? What? Wow. Who knew? Someone should tell someone. It takes a while in that one though, I tell you what. It does not take a while in Dragonbound, but it's it's a slow burn, you know. <sighs> Partially because she was stabbed pretty brutally right at the top. Okay. That and... makes sense. Yeah. I need, I need like a little, like a little sum sum keep you going, you know? Yeah. And they got very good sexual chemistry and then they like get together. They're like moment where they're going to be together forever. is like in the back of this seedy ass bar. <laughs> Seriously. And they do it on a couch. Yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. Uh, you know, to each their own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have any, uh, uh, adult, uh, fey romances you wanted to, you know, there about? is one that I, um, can't remember in the least because I was trying to think of of romances and I read whatever was like free from the library so I have actually no clear recollection of authors because this was like before really 
free library books were easy to get. This was like before everything. Um, mm-hmm. But do you remember Karen? I think her name was like Karen Marie Moaning. Short oh, dark no, fever. I, I'd remember. I had remember that. Uh, let me look it up. Yeah, look her up. It's it's she's actually really popular. And I was trying to find. I'm pretty sure this is the book that I read because I had to type in the plot to try and figure it out. It's probably nasty, knowing you. Probably. probably nasty. Probably. If it. No, I haven't read these books. No. Yeah, I'm like I now realize that the YA. The YFA books that I was so obsessed with and I loved so much, was so much a part of my life, um, are so simple. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And yeah. Like the, the dark verse light trope is, I don't like it. I don't need it anymore. Not not necessarily the most nuanced. No, it's not. And, and YA, like, that crutch is there for them. But, yeah. like, I need to get into some of these fae romance series because they sound very fun. Someone at some point in my circle of friends is going to take my goddamn recommendations. Actually, I say that. I just remembered this. Paige broke the news to me freaking yesterday that she took one of my recommendations and is reading currently Tiffany Roberts's Treasure of the Abyss. <gasps> fun. Oh my god. Yeah. She's, and she's loving it. So. I want to read I really, really, really want to read Cressley Cole but I, I feel like there needs to be it has to be a moment, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's it's hard to start, like, anything that you know that there's, like, a monumental amount of. I think what helped me with Cressley Cole is that I had no idea about any of that. I had no idea there was a wider series. I was just like, there's this looks good. And I just picked one and started reading it. And it was, like, number seven. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about romance novels, like, one thing is I love about standalone romance novel series, and I think why my preferences have skewed so heavily towards them now, is that I love... You open the book, and then you know by the time you close the book at the very end that the story is going to be done. That it's going to, yes, one shot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Done. I I am less likely now to pick up a uh, full series, even when they're done, even when I know they're finished, just because I'm like, y'all, it better be the best thing I ever <laughs> read if you're asking me to commit to four fucking books of these people. <laughs> Seriously. Or like 12. Yeah, exactly. And what's nice about, like, the standalone series, too, is that typically you can go in and you can read them in any order. Um, You may get, like, mild spoilers and there's, like, reoccurring characters for, like, the other ones, but generally it's not really a problem. Because it's basically just telling you who one of the characters ends up with, but, like, really first page you're going to (laughs) know. You know who they're going to end up with. It's not a secret. So, like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm currently writing the the sequel to uh, the book that I wrote recently, um, and and they appear in it, and I and I'm just like, I mean, yeah, like if you don't know, you could read this. Like if you, uh, if you don't know who ends up with who, I, you haven't read romance novels before because it's clear from eh, page one. Yeah, page one. Um, I did not know you were writing about them again, and I wanted to read it immediately. Spoilers for listeners out there as well. I read the first book of this series in like six hours. Yeah, about six hours, bud. (laughs) Awesome. So Uh, no, I yeah, I'm writing the the sequel. Uh, 
yeah, it's it's. I'm, I'm a little distracted right now, but with everything that's happened to me in this past it's week, it's been a lot. But uh, it's been stickers, a lot, but, uh, been a lot of good stickers, things. really. Stickers, 1,500 stickers, and I, I, I mean, I did put it on Twitter that I, I got into. Uh, oh, you did to the ramp. Yay! Oh, good. Um, I mean, my imposter syndrome is like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I got into this thing. Probably didn't deserve it, but whatever. Because that's what that's what the back of my brain says. Um, that's fine. But, <laughs> Don't uh, listen to me, not the back of your brain. Yes. Uh, Allie, my manager at the bookshop I work at. Hey. For listeners. Um, she, I told her about how my imposter syndrome was really bad. And she was just like, as your manager, you're not allowed to listen to your imposter syndrome. That's great. And why would that never work for me when I told you that? Oh, because I don't listen to you. Also, technically, I'm still your manager. <laughs> just FYI. You can't swap me with books anymore, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, well, this has been a good roundup, I think. Uh, I, I uh, We talked about a lot of the hashtag faves. Um, I need to reread so many of these. I'm so fucking yeah, excited. Yeah, I know. I, I even have ones that I didn't mention, I, most because I don't really, like, remember them as well. Like, Need by uh, Carrie Jones. <laughs> All I remember oh, of that yeah. one was like I think she bled gold. I think she had like yes. icor blood. Oh my god, I remember that yeah. one. Did you ever read? She was like it's in like Iowa. Did you ever read Hex Hall? That sounds very familiar. I'm gonna look. Look at the cover. Look, you're gonna die at the cover. <laughs> Can't say I did, but woof or doofers. I think I, I was a really big fan of, um, like, it's not just Faye-based, though I really like those books because they can get really dark, but, like, it's like there's a whole cast of supernatural characters. Oh, if it had any sort of supernatural, like, yeah, no, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, I read a book called Hex Education. That's phenomenal. Which I had no clue until literally just this moment that that's a pun. Oh my god, that's even better. Oh my god, Abigail. <laughs> I love you so I didn't much. know. I love you so much. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh, that's my Emily beautiful. Gold. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, I just, huh. Well, that really. Do you know that I well, I broke down my list from like middle reader fiction to YA fiction to adult fiction. That's like a lot. It's like that's how OCD I am. See. Oh my god, that's such a bookseller move. I love it. I know. I like. I started off with YA because I'm like obviously, but then I started realizing you have like the Spiderwick Chronicles, right? Artemis uh, Fowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that yeah, Faye yeah, is a yeah, huge yeah, part yeah. of Artemis Fowl. Uh-huh. The girl who circumnavigated Fairyland in a ship of her own making, which is phenomenal as well. Oh my god! I know it's the best though. That's I will say one thing that has made me hate long titles as a bookseller in twenty twenty one is that people are wearing masks and I also have to hear them from like ten feet away because like we're taking orders at the door yeah. and like hearing a series of muffled like hands at the words and the girls. Do you have that? <laughs> It's like, oh, no, I don't know, man. My hearing is worse than yours. I'm going to have a serious problem. 
Oh, you're gonna you're gonna struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna... Especially now that people are double masking, so it's like have the book? And it's like I oh I don't maybe <laughs> who's to say? It's Schrodinger's book. Do we or don't we? As long as I don't ever show it to you, could be anything. Just put wicked lovely every time you don't understand. Just be like, uh, you're looking for this? No. Are you yeah. sure? Not this? Oh, I also just realized that I never mentioned Shakespeare. Yeah, one of the biggest, like, like first blockbuster appearances of Faye in any fiction, at least in English, was in Midsummer Night. That was on my list, too. You know what else is on my list? Yeah. The wow. Stolen Child by Yates. Oh, oh yeah. There I you was go. like, how far back should I go? Like, should I really get my bookseller on? I mean, we went back with Tuk Tuk over there in the, in the reeds. <laughs> so. Tuk Tuk. Sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Did I tickle your funny bone? <laughs> Just so casual. <laughs> like, they can't see you on video, but I can, and it's amazing. <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good cat. I think that's a good I think cat. that's a good, uh, I think that's a good bonnet on this lass. Oh, uh, no. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Okay. All right. Uh, so, cat. Did you want to say anything now that you've had more practice with the plug zone? Oh, yes. Um, buy from your local independent bookstore, please. Mm-hmm. Or just go talk to the booksellers. All they want to do is recommend you books and talk about looks that they love. Like, I mean, do I? Not you, okay? You're, okay. you're a grumpy person. <laughs> but the rest of us, yes, we just want to share our love. Yeah, Allie certainly does. Yes. She does. She's oh, like, let me let me tell you all about the books that I love. I sent her. Here's ten books. You poor like like ten year old girl. Here's ten books for you to choose from. Pick one in front of me. That's why I had to cat myself at three. Because yeah, like, it's always three. It has to it's be three. three. I get too much. There's a, a woman who I emailed. I told her that we couldn't get her book, and and I I don't know what possessed me. I was bored, so I like literally was like, I'm so sorry we can't get your book, but here's like twelve recommendations for other books that are similar. You monster! I, I was so excited. No response. Nope. <laughs> she did not respond. Nope. She's like, no, no, I did not want your recommendations. Thank you. So buy from independent booksellers, but like. Don't expect too much. No, we're humans too. Don't expect much from us. Yeah. Uh, and please speak up. Project. Please. Please. Please, God. And please, God, please, please, God, do not ever tell a fucking bookseller that you're going to buy the fucking book on Amazon. Like, we're not yeah. here to shame you. That's really not our goal. We understand. But like, But we don't, don't price me. match. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> price match. I love, I love people coming. They're like, you don't price match? I'm like... No, we have a different business model than Amazon. It's always like it's always like ten year olds too with like their their iPhone and they come in, they're like, Oh, do you price match? And it's like, no, dog, who are you? I could punch you out this door. Go home. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can you will okay. you take um suggestions? Because I always give you suggestions at the end of every podcast I do. <laughs> we'll we'll see. I mean you can say the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Okay. So I was trying to go through and remember any of the, like, fey romance novels that I've read, and I couldn't come up with a whole lot. But what I did stumble yeah. upon a lot of is, mm-hmm. I guess I had a thing for, like, spy, action-adventure romance novels. Okay. 
Okay. And I imagine that some of the plot holes are so bad and so huge. I want you to do it. <laughs> what you want me to do is a, a book roast. You want me to roast? Kind of, yes. Because the genre no- is amazing. But listen, listen. I love, okay. I love action everything. Like, action movies are my jam. And then you have, mm-hmm. like, a bunch of hot, like, ex-Navy SEALs, like, you know, mm-hmm. deciding to do the right thing and then hooking up. Yeah. I guess. I, I, here's, okay. Am I, in my endless, endless torture that I've assigned myself for some reason, I want to document every subgenre in, in romance, uh, which means that I will never end. Um, but it also means that eventually I'm going to have to, like, read some, like, like Bridgerton shit? Military. No, no. I, I mean, like, military slash cop romance. Because there's a lot of that. There's, like, special ops romance, and it's a whole subgenre. And I'm filled with a sort yes. of visceral loathing at the idea. And I know I'll get there. Just like I will. I Here's the thing. I would rather fucking read mafia romance, and I have no desire to read mafia romance. But I would rather read a dozen mafia romance novels including the really weird one that I tried to read, which had a lot of age play in it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I would rather read that than the special ops slash cop romance thing. You should do You should do an LGBT twist. Because the, the only... I feel, like, I feel like the LGBT community I live with would be extremely upset at me if I did a cop romance that was my first LGBTQ episode. Yeah, maybe don't do the first... But I do remember the only cop romance novel I read was of two men, and it was phenomenal. I need to. I'll, I'll try and find it for you. But like they just yeah, you send it. Send they it just to me. had a loving relationship. Like it was just a good relationship. Okay, well, I'll give it a try. I just I'm so not looking forward to it. I'm just not looking forward to like trying to be like here's some good things to say about co- <laughs> cops. Cops. <laughs> cops <laughs> oh my god that's why you have to go yeah. for spies now i'll do spies spies are fun do spies yeah all right well better land this bird yeah uh okay so you know the drill you know where to find me at kingdom thirst everywhere uh, you can email me at kingdomofthirst at gmail.com. You can send me a message through the Kingdom of Thirst website and the contact page. You can have that message read aloud on the podcast if you'd like. Uh, you just have to click the box that says, yes, I would like to have that read in the podcast. And then you have to include your preferred pronouns. Thank you very much. Um, I am doing a new thing with stickers because everyone likes stickers. If you want stickers, <laughs> um, sorry, I said it like that three times, <laughs> um, then I will send some to you, to your home or wherever the hell, yeah, whatever address you need. Not to me, just to you guys. No, no. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to waste a stamp on you when you live like 15 minutes away from me. <laughs> Go to hell. Um but uh, if you would like stickers representing the podcast, and also one of one of the stickers is the sexy disease sticker, which is very good and pink and fun, uh, you can also get that. I will give that to you for free. Uh, I will send that to you in the mail. Um, it would be nice if it's not necessary. It's not necessarily a transactional relationship, but if you could also leave a, a review for me on Apple Podcasts. Or share the podcast with your friends. I should have... Fuck. Fuck. Why did I do that? Start.
start with. Could have been like, hey, if you send me proof that you like sent this to like 10 of your friends, then I'll send you a sticker. Fuck! Too late. I already said it's free. It's free. Well, oh well. I, well, it'd be nice if you did that, though. So if you could, like, leave a review in Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, whatever, uh, Podcast Addict, I think, also has reviews. It helps the algorithm, helps people find the podcast. If you listen to it on Spotify, make sure you click follow. Share it with your friends. Uh, I post audiograms of my extremely funny jokes, about a minute of them, uh, every week when I release the new episode of the podcast on social media. You could share those with your friends. I'm very funny. <laughs> She is. I just spontaneously um, laugh all the time when I'm around her. So spontaneous. <laughs> and so not reluctantly. <laughs> um, and and that, so that helps the podcast grow so that we can launch Patreon in the future. It's all raring, ready to go. It's all loaded up. Got got uh, bullets in the chamber. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's no point in releasing it and, and launching that until more people besides my family and friends um and the people you know nepotism brings in uh <laughs> want to participate in that so if you want to see that happen and you want me to rewrite pamela by samuel richardson and adding a new thing onto my ever-growing list of things i need to do um you know that's great make help that i'd help pay it grow. for that so yeah it would only be mind you that tier would only be like five dollars a month if you wanted to get the monthly releases of my rewrite of pamela so keep that in this mind. is a good plan i like that well, you got yeah. my vote, Abigail, and my money. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Leave me your review. I think you already left a review, actually, so don't do that. I actually don't so. think I have. I'm so sorry. You did. Oh, I did? You definitely did. Yeah, yeah. baby. Uh, I mean, we only have two reviews on, on Apple Podcasts, so I think I know who left them. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's the podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, listen next week. Something different, something weird, something funky. I don't know, something fresh. We'll find it. All right. Okay, bye.